0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to the Michael Nick Experience. Get the chance
1: to treat
2: him harness. Please wait yes. on the next day oh. Enjoy
0: the ride. Yes! I mean, this should be a ride.
2: It's oh. <laughs> yeah. my ride. For the point star, he gives a few tips. Remember, push up in the pocket zone, send step buckle up the center, so we'll take to
1: <laughs>
2: Everything that's going through is. showing
0: going to keep
2: it. oh my god that's awesome that's not a playbook but it should be
0: (laughs) these are the tales of fantasy football past as you've never heard them our guests tell stories blending fantasy football production on and off field moments Memories of personal fantasy football, catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the fantasy football stories.
2: This is Chase Vernon from Fantasy Football Intervention, along with PlayerProfile.com, Trophy Smack and Dynasty Nerds. I'm here to talk a little bit. Just a little bit about Michael Vick and his ascent to the question mark top of the fantasy football scene. The fantasy football scene back in the early two thousands. Welcome on in to the fantasy football stories.
0: Excellent. Are you sponsored by anything else, Chase? Rocket Mortgage. Uh, <laughs> any other? Uh...
1: Chick-fil-A, no, because it's all <laughs> about the little things. Do you get a car from Chick-fil-A? I'll
2: just throw this title belt on my shoulder. Look oh, at yeah, that. Amazing. That's a beauty. Isn't it gorgeous? Like, so, like, Trophy Smack, they actually do a really good deal with, like, their shit. It is awesome. Yeah. And, like, you can actually have, like, so right here across the football, you can actually get these plates made with, like, the pieces drilled already. So, like, each person that wins, you can put, like, you know, their plates across it on each side. It's kind of cool. Yeah, Trophy Smack does that. I
0: never I never win so I don't get to experience that. I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday.
2: So,
0: <laughs> I love I love what Trophy Smack does. I would love to win
2: one someday. Well, you can always get, you know, the the losers trophy. They they have <laughs> That's true. Too. That's true.
1: We had a lot of fun last year. Uh, I beat Jeremy and and many others in the podcasting community in the Safe Leagues 289 uh league. It was quite fun. And it actually reminded me a lot when you when you showed me that trophy of me winning. Uh, and so I really appreciate you reminding me that I'd be Jeremy. And then All right, Kyle's muted now, so uh <laughs> Chris, why don't I love that? <laughs> why don't you uh
0: lead us into uh you know Mike Vick? Sorry, Kyle.
2: I'm not sorry. <sighs> Michael Vick or Mike Vick as he's known to the public, is is somebody that's near and dear to my heart, grew up right down the street from us. I mean, we heard stories growing up about Mike Vick. I mean this is pretty much the older brother, I guess, to us. And, you know, we looked up to him. I, I always wanted to be Mike Vick one day. However, I never had the 4 or three speed. I never had the, the what, six foot height or so. I uh, never could throw the ball, but was he like 60 yards on his knees one time just to prove a point? I, I never had any of that. You know, I weigh, you know, 150 pounds, soaking wet currently at the time. I probably weighed 100. And could throw the ball all of 20 yards, you know, at best, left-handed, a whole different story. But I want to expose some people. If you have not heard of Michael Vick, just as some have not heard of Michael Jordan, you know, it's it's pretty much a story that needs to be told. And so okay. I am here to discuss that with my, my good friends, Jeremy and Kyle.
0: I will say you uh, you weren't able to... To be Mike Vick, but you could if that uh, Michael Vick Experience ride had become a real thing.
2: The Michael Experience ride is one of my favorite commercials of all time. I told you all about it. Like, if you have not seen the Michael Vick Experience over there on YouTube, you guys got to go check it out. Uh, hashtag not a sponsor. It is one of the best yes. things yet. <laughs> the Michael Vick ride is not a sponsor yet. It's, it's not actually in existence yet, <laughs> but it was a commercial, and it is the greatest commercial of all time. I don't even think it was a Super Bowl commercial. I don't think it was. It might have been. I don't think it was. But Sounds right. if, if it was, it it wins Super Bowl commercial of the of the, the century. If there have actually been ones for a whole entire century. Uh however, yeah, it, it deserves to be the, the best commercial of all time. Super bowl commercial of all time. Outside of the, the Bud Light one, where the the guy is sitting there and he's watching TV, he's watching football and his girl's like, you know, hey, you wanna come upstairs? You know, we got some special things going on. It's like, no, I'm watching football. And then she's like, come on, I put silk sheets on the bed. He's like, no, I'm watching football. She's like, I got high wax. She's like, no, I'm watching football. He's like, she's like, I got the Bud Light ready for you. And all of a sudden he juts upstairs and he slides across the, the silk sheets and then out the window. And that that was the greatest Super Bowl commercial of all time. Just
1: oh my so. God! I liked the one where they went was was- uh... It was around the same Ugh.
2: time period. It's when beer commercials used to be funny. When they used to be funny, beer commercials used to be hilarious. Like, and then they just got soft. They got soft.
0: I think like, uh, he
2: goes, oh. and twins. You guys remember the twins? You guys remember the yeah, twins? I remember. I know the twins. y'all remember the twins. <laughs> That was like last year. They're like, all right, beer commercials, you all got to calm down. You all got (laughs) to calm down. You all are going to get DK Mac. DK Mac have way too excited. You all need to calm down. (laughs) All right, so back to Michael Vick. (laughs) (laughs) So Michael Vick, Michael Vick, Michael Vick, you know, he's a local legend. He's a hero. And we have a few of those. We have like Percy Harvin. We have Cam Chancellor. We have Popeye Jones, if you all remember back in the NBA days, Popeye Jones. You know, but it's not like we're we're cranking out people like Texas and and California. Like if we talk about the Hunger Games, you know, California and and Texas are like the the what what are they called? The zone one and twos? I don't even remember. But you have yeah yeah, the zones, I think the the Providences. Is it Providences? I mean we're not as poor as like Delaware, right? Like we're not we're not district (laughs) nine. Oh districts, it's called districts. Districts. There district you nine. go. I kept thinking
0: factions, but that's that other one that's kind of like Hunger Games, The Divergent. So, <laughs>
2: six minute ads. <laughs> so, six minute ads. So, you know, we are not District Nine in Virginia, but we're like District Six or Seven, where yeah, we really have no shot in hell in most cases. But we saw had a few studs, such as Michael Vick. Man, the myth. Legend, and he's somebody who, you know, almost created a different path for himself because he came from a very poor town. He's right down the, the the street from my house. I mean, to an extent, forty five minutes away. Uh, he lived in, I believe, section housing with his family for the most part, and he was motivated to get out of it. And the guy was so talented. I remember, you know, sitting there and and him just talking. His friends talking about him. and His friends used to come to my bar all the time. His friends were like, dude, we used to play when we were child and kids. We couldn't even tag them and they game not even tag. Like, you try to tag a guy, he he's impossible to tag. You blink and he was gone. I mean, there would be six of us surrounding him. And somehow he would get out of it every single time. And it was kind of funny, like, hearing these stories and stuff. Because these are guys that, you know, a little bit older now, a little bit wiser now. And, you know, you'd never see Michael Vick, like, engage himself with. But these are guys that are real people who grew up with him. So it was kind of cool, like, hearing those stories. Meanwhile, we had you know, friends of us, friends of ours, older brothers, everything like that, that were in high school with people that played against them. And, uh, you know, you heard these stories. And up until we played against Percy Harvin, I didn't really realize what we were talking about here, but Percy Harvin still was not even half of the athlete that, that Michael Vick was, because Michael Vick could not only, you know, run the ball like Percy Harvin could, he could also pass the ball. He was that dynamic. Oh. Now, as for fantasy football wise it didn't really relate in, in great contests but you know it, it it happened and it came and it came in waves so my favorite part about the whole saga right from, from michael vick was going from the pros going from high school into college going from college into the pros because it happened so quick i think it was a two or three a period he was gone right and the guy stayed humble and he worked hard and he was on the field before anybody else got there in high school. He didn't leave the field until everybody else was gone. Uh, me and my friends were sitting there and we decided to go back to the stadium and grab some beers that we left there. And he's still sitting there throwing passes to one of his coaches on the field uh, in high school. And I mean, we were still middle Like, I mean, we were literally like, I think we were in seventh or eighth grade. Like, it was when I first ever started sneaking beers. And, you know, he's still sitting there passing the field and we're like, wait, is this really happening? What is happening? And so sitting there, looking at it, like as he got recruited, as he made his way into the college or into you know college game from the high school level, you heard the same reports come out that he stayed away from trouble, which we didn't realize at the time. Like the boys and girls club or like the Mickey Mouse club or something like that. Yeah, (laughs) not the Mickey Mouse club. Sounds right. He used used to hang out with like certain clubs and stuff that kept him out of trouble. And so like we just heard that he was part of some you know activity group. We heard he was volunteering essentially, and that he was allowed to leave school early in high school to volunteer to be able to, uh, you know, like, like uh, essentially get his way out to be able to practice football more often. But he wasn't just practicing football. He was part of the community the entire time. Like he was doing community service on Sundays. He was helping everybody out. And then he ends up having these scholarship offers from Syracuse, UVA, Like, said, we don't want anything to do with you. You came from Hampton Roads. You came from Newport News. Like, we don't want anything to do with you. You are not our type of people. And that's really when it almost sparked a fire between Virginia Tech and UVA. And the fire's always been there, don't get me wrong. But it sparked an initial, like, even a bigger fire because Michael Vick was such a good person at the time and he worked his ass off so hard at the time that UVA people looking down on him really burned really burned a lot of Virginia Tech fans like down in the soul, because it's like, hey, he got accepted into your school, but he wouldn't be allowed in our school because he's not good enough. And it was really cool. It was really cool to see him excel and succeed in Virginia Tech and, and be able to kind of prove the haters wrong. So, do you guys like to put input anything? Cause I feel really weird.
1: No, just, uh, just I, I do talking. have a question for you. Um, do you like, do your parents now know that you used to steal their beer or is it uh, <laughs> something we should cut out of our episode here? Have Not you told them? You.
2: So <laughs> my grandma, <laughs> the first time they found out, um, my grandma had this speaker and the speaker was about four foot high and it had like these tiny little screws in it. Well, I decided that when I had a couple friends or whatever the case was, we'd hide the, the cans, we'd crush the cans, we put them in the speaker. And my grandma sold the stereo set. (laughs) My grandma sold the stereo set. And when she did, the people that came to pick it up had to go pull it out of there, but I never screwed the the screws back in. And so beers that were like three foot out of the four foot tall top spilled out and the beer cans. cans Just spilled out. Like, you know how you see in the movies when somebody opens up like a vault, like in a cartoon, how the money just pours out of the vault like nobody was counting it. Like it just kind of, you know, on loads. That's how the beer cans just fell out of the speaker. (laughs) They just fell to their feet and just slid. It was absolutely
0: That's awesome. That's fantastic.
2: All right. So back on to Michael Vick. Where were we? Michael Vick, you know, was one of these players in college that blew people's minds. Statistically, he wasn't great. I mean, he ran for, what, like 700 yards, something like that per year. He threw for like 2,400 yards, I think in his best season. I believe, I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think he was like third in the Heisman ratings and then it's like sixth, but uh, he was electrifying. Like he absolutely just lit up combines and or lit up parts. And combines with this four through three speed, which I know is a fact. I don't know about the about the the Heisman Trophy stuff, but I do know that he had a 4 through three speed. He was absolutely incredible. Well, you've and... said
0: it, so it's now it's now a fact. He oh, was... it's a fact. The... It's a fact. He was... You've said that in the running for the Heisman.
2: He was in the running for yes, he absolutely was. So Michael Vick ends up coming in the draft, right? And the Chargers are like, how can I fuck this up? That's what they said. I'm going to take a, a sip of whiskey, as you guys think. You can, you can leave this blank for a brief second. I'm yeah. going to take a sip of whiskey, and I want you all to think how they could fuck up draft pick in the early 2000s. Y'all ready? Ready. Thinking. Hmm. All right, perfect. So they end up taking, of course, or they end up having the first overall pick. I think they went 1-15 that year. And they ended up taking nobody because they traded with the Falcons. Their first round pick, which the Falcons, I believe, had the fifth overall pick, and the third round pick, and then just the second the next year. What would that cost right now to move from the fifth to the first round, or to the first overall pick? Right now, what would that cost? A lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And they didn't fuck up yet. Like, the the Chargers didn't fuck up yet because they took Drew Brees. However... The following year, they took Drew Brees, I think it was like 2002. It's a fact because I said it. Y'all said, Y'all yeah. said that if I say it, it's a fact. So we're this gonna go true. with that. Yep,
1: yeah, that sounds
2: right. So then the charge didn't fuck up yet because they took Drew Brees, but then they moved on from Drew Brees and took on Philip Rivers, who could not bring on a championship. the Philip Rivers was great, he wasn't like he wasn't championship caliber, even with the rosters that they built with Danny Thomason with great defenses, he wasn't great. So, anyways, let's go back to Michael Vick. Michael Vick ended up on the Atlanta Falcons, who gave up very little to get him. And this Atlanta Falcons team was all up and down the map. Like, I believe they were, they went for a Super Bowl in 1998, and then they just went down. And then in 2001, they drafted Michael Vick, and either he got hurt right off the bat or he didn't play at all. But let's just say that... Um, he Decided to you know just sit the year out. I don't remember what exactly happened. Let's just say he sat the year off. 2000. And what was it, three, 2002 or 2003? They ended up going back to the playoffs and they were great again. So, this is something I swear like Michael Vick was obviously a major, major influence, but he wasn't actually like you know reliable because he kept on getting hurt because he ran the ball so often. And the thing was, was this offense was completely reliant on Michael Vick. And I've never seen an offense in my entire life, outside of this one, as reliable or as relied on a quarterback position as they are on, on Michael Vick. And we're not talking about, you know, just a bad, you know, like roster surrounding them. We're talking about no offensive scheme. We're talking about no skill position players, no offensive line. I mean, Michael Vick was alone. Like he was sitting in the dark. Like if Adele, like, you know, was around in this period in time, she would make a song about him. And she would make it very, very sad, very, very dark. And it might drive people towards the edge because of what he had to deal with, which was absolutely nothing. I mean, who did he have like throughout his career for the Falcons? Tony Gonzalez? Question mark? No, he came afterwards. No, that that's wrong. Uh Roddy now? Nah, maybe I think he was drafted in what, two thousand four, two thousand five? Yeah, maybe who? Cool. Uh, he had no defense to account for. There was nothing on the Falcons roster. nothing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Can you guys think of a scope position player that, you know, he had outside of Roddy White?
0: I can't and I, don't I wouldn't correct you anyway, so.
2: No, Tony Gonzalez I think was for the Chiefs, right? Yeah, so he had nobody. Uh he had nobody. I oh, I'm trying to find Oh, he had TJ Duckett I think for you. Did he have TJ Oh, Duncan? Duckett? Yeah. yeah, TJ. Oh, I'm so wrong, guys. So sorry. He had TJ Ducket. My bad. I, I messed this up. <laughs> uh, I'm clearly wrong. He had the entire world in his hands with TJ Ducket. Cancel so, the show. We cancel start the over. show. We need to throw it out the window. I need to shoot another shot as we talk about oh, this, uh, because obviously I I don't even have my wits about me. I need some more whiskey. So, the Ducket okay. penalty. All right. So so back to TJ Ducket, uh, one of the studs. <laughs> One <laughs> of the happens, all-time greats. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Back to Michael Vick. He was he was an absolute sub, but he was something that you did. You know, for fantasy purposes, since this is a fantasy show. You kind of had to take the good and the bad. And, man, was he bad. But, man, was he good. His his plays, from what I remember, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, which I guess I'm not wrong ever because you guys said whatever I said. You know, it's, it's There wrong. will
0: be no corrections.
2: So, uh, I don't care if there's corrections or not, but there was no RPO that was existent in this offense. It was so barren of a bad, like just play calling, a plethora of plays that he had no chance in hell at producing at any point in time. I mean, he was scrambling on certain opportunities and he was having to beat defenders one on one. He had no offensive line. It was bad. It was so bad on all accounts. And even when it looked like it was good, did you really want to be Michael Vick? Did you really want to? This is a great time to input the the commercial. If you had a video like part of this, like, mm-hmm. yeah, just, just put the guy in the helmet, smack him on the head, try and tell him everything that Michael Vick was trying to read at the time and everything that Michael Vick was trying to do. The only thing that they didn't do in the, the Michael Vick experience was tell you which receivers were on the field. Because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they couldn't. they couldn't tell you because they were not It was that bad over there for Michael. And
0: then bad. shortly after that, cut to him screaming.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Please.
1: You know, I kind of have this feeling like if we go watch some old Atlanta Falcons video, we'll actually see them line up with like seven people on the line and no one else. Like There just won't be receivers there. You so don't bother sending into. them out.
2: That's what they did towards 2007, if I remember correctly, or two thousand six. I think he got he got you know, the whole thing went down, which I really don't want to talk about. I wanna kinda of ignore that whole aspect because everybody has so many different views on it. Um you know, I think that was relying on the people they grew up with and investing the wrong money and the wrong people. I knew that he knew about it, but he did not like it. You know, you watch him growing up, you watch what he did. I know I'm talking about it after I said I wasn't gonna, but I don't think that's who his true character was and I think he tried to stop it on multiple occasions. However, when you're only there a couple of days a week, it's tough to sit there and do that when you have other focuses that are on the table. Uh it's still unexcusable for what he did. I, I love my dog. I take care of adoption dogs all the time. In fact I'm I'm fostering a dog uh next week for seven days because he's in between the adoption centers. So I, I love dogs. I hate what he did with a passion, but I don't think that was up to him think that he made a bad call on the, on on the part of his you know friends that he had in the wrong time. Yeah. groups. Regardless let's let's get out of that. Um where was I so yeah so Michael Vick like he ended up you know coming into some trouble and obviously like that pulled him out of the, the stardom that he had. And the thing was is like when you look at the best games in fantasy points in NFL history, I think he's number one. Like I, I think he scored almost fifty or sixty points in a game. Uh, he absolutely smashed faces. Like uh, I'm looking at most fantasy points in a game by quarterback. Like yeah, fifty points, four passing touchdowns, two. He scored six touchdowns in a game, and two of them came in the rushing opportunity that's nuts yeah it was absolutely absurd and guys we're talking about a point in time where quarterbacks passing for two touchdowns was a great accomplishment yeah you know three touchdowns was magnificent five touchdowns did not happen five passing touchdowns did not happen at this point in time maybe you know once a season but when it came to like
0: yeah i mean to your point there like I wasn't like astounded when I pulled his his fantasy stats, and I know it's like partly due because you know the good games were great and the bad games were pretty bad, but you know like a couple times he had like just over two hundred points in a season, which was like a QB one, like QB twelve, QB ten, uh, but then his like you know QB four seasons like two hundred ninety points he had, and we haven't talked about his later season yet, but like 290 points then in 2002 from a quarterback would be like, like 370 points now.
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, we're talking about a quarterback who had a terrible offensive coordinator, no offensive weapons. I mean, this guy was an absolute genius. And to sit there and and see the, the different points that he accrued, especially the ones when it came to his high scoring games, absolutely phenomenal. And I loved every part about it, whether it came to watching on the box score or watching it, you know, in real life. Because you knew that he was making magic and knew that he was doing it all by himself for the first six years of his career, you know, under who was it, Andrew Reid at the time. I'm sorry. Whether it was to Dan Reeves and Mike Smith
0: at the time. Sounds
1: right. So I look at at Michael Vick and I, uh, one of the things I remember about him, and you know, this could be just totally my my brain making it up, but uh, like I always feel like there's some players out there who know how to avoid contact and they're good at it. The Barry Sanders, like you could never get a clean hit on him. And there's the Marion Barbers who are like, oh, there's a wall, I'll run into it. Like,
2: you yes, they big. Oh my God, like, you exist. You people exist. I didn't know you all people exist because I talk about it all the time. There are people that know how to take hits, right? And there are people that don't. And when we we look at, like, Clyde Edwards-Flair, for example, he's never got touched in college. He never got touched. So, of course, he doesn't know how to take a hit. And then we have players like DeAndre Swift who, yes, they take hits and they should be better avoided, but they're still great at taking hits. And so it minimizes contact. And then we have Jonathan Taylor who takes hits and just shreds them off because they don't have to deal with hits. Another player is, uh, is Derek Henry. And when it comes to quarterback position, thank you. Thank you so much, Kyle. Uh, you can keep continuing on this if you have more of a rant because I love this. I want to listen to you talk. I love your, your sweet, angelic tones as you speak about people that know how to get to people that don't.
0: This is way too much praise for Kyle. It's all going to get cut.
2: <laughs> Kyle, let's go. Kyle, let's
1: talk. Oh, I mean, that's a big deal, right? Like, you you watch these players that are hurt all the time, and I just think of the Michael Vick. He was the first one to wear that giant flak jacket, right? Because he took so many pops in the ribs. And, you know, that was a big problem for him in the throwing department because he was wearing this, like, Kevlar gigantic vest. I mean, that's hard to be mobile. You know, we didn't have the technology in the early 2000s to make that, like, light and also effective. So... Like, it was bulky. It looked bulky. They made him a lot better in the last 10 years. But... Wait a minute,
2: Kyle. Kyle, is this a shot on me because you think that I'm wearing a gigantic vest because I look so muscular right now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All you listening, y'all cannot see this. <laughs> How is she going to avoid contact over and over and over again? It'd be like Jerry Goff right now. Like, what if Michael Vick played for the, for the Lions right now? Yeah, they'd be winning, but where else would he go? It's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. So after he came back from his incident, I think we should move to there. And let's let's talk about when he moved, came back from his, you know, incident. His vacation. His va- It was not a vacation, okay. Oh. Uh, it It
1: might have been a hiatus.
2: Vacation. Hiatus. That that's a thank you, Jeremy. This hiatus. <sighs> This was something else where a lot of people hated him. Uh, no confidence coming in. Everybody thought his career was over. Uh, what's the what's the owner's name? Is that the owner's name of the Falcons is, uh McCrimbleton. So Crimble McCrimbleton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you said everything that I say is right. So we're going. Totally to correct. I remember. Krimble. This is true.
1: Ball- Arthur
2: Sorry, I messed up. It was his son. It was Pimpleton McFarquard. All right, so Pimpleton McFarquard ended up uh, taking away a lot of money from him. There was really nothing left, and there was one coach who knows he can make any quarterback work. Andy Reid is an absolute genius with whatever type of system you want to run. Uh, you know, if you want to install confidence in somebody. Have you ever seen the movie Hitch? Yes, Okay, not, to, to, to Whiskey and to Whiskey. Hitch. So Andy Reid is the hitch of the quarterback situations where he can revive anybody. He can get anybody laid. And that's what he decided to do with Michael Bick. He decided to get him laid. And it started out in 2009 where he, I believe he took one of the snaps. 2010, I think he got hurt, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, he's somebody that, that started to come in and do very, very well. He got hurt. And wasn't able to take over. Oh man! And then we had 2011 with the, the lockout. And you guys hear what I have to say about the lockout because that could last decades. You know, if you guys want to have a podcast with that, they edit it and it'll still last three days. But uh, <laughs> the, the the whole situation happened in the lockout where people weren't able to participate in, in team drills. They weren't able. They got together, I guess, off site to an extent, but. You know, only limited people did and physical trainers were sort of a big aspect to this, where we saw an increase at over 300% injury rate from years 2010 to years 2011. I, I would say you guys can check it out, but the website that I wrote it for, unfortunately, uh, shut down so you guys cannot see that article, but I swear I did the research and it's over a 300% rate of injuries that happened between 2010 and 2011 especially to the veterans. Rookies, not so much, because the rookies were in shape from the combine, everything like that, they had to stay in shape. So the rookies actually seen, saw an increased opportunity, which created openings for rookies that we haven't seen before. However, Michael Vick being a veteran, also not playing for you know two years in a row and just coming back uh, and coming off two injuries, he did not yeah so well, but he still had his weeks where he dominated. and. You know, the, the Michael Vick experience was never the same. He was great in his past and opportunities and he was great in his limited time, but it was something where, you know, Michael Vick was that guy that everybody was talking about. they are like, Oh, this is this is the veteran, right? He was the the oh, what what's a good comparison? I mean, I feel like Russell Russell Wilson might be too dated. Like we date Russell Wilson right now and we don't want this podcast to be dated. We talked about it. This is this is a historical podcast. We say this is a Russell right. Wilson I mean, Russell Wilson could break out next week, and we would all forget about how terrible he's been over the past few. So we're not trying to date this podcast, but essentially, this is somebody who somewhat never came back to be himself. Although he was, because he still does blow up games, but with his arm, not with his legs. So although we saw limited output, right, from his, I guess what, 2009 to 2012, 2013, till he left the league. We're still talking about a quarterback who gave you almost the same type of output as he had earlier in his career. And people never realize that. So, as we dive in to his weekly output, and there was one year early in his career where he left. It was brutal. He left uh, in week 15, and I had him in my, my fantasy football uh, lineups. And he got hurt in week 15 or 16. He wasn't able to play again. He was. Was it 2012 or something like that? And he was not able to perform. He left you hanging on the fantasy aspect of things. Like, I thought I was going to win the championship that year. Never happened. Early in his career was the same exact thing, where you had this player, and he was the most unreliable player you've ever had in your entire roster. Like, you think Miles Sanders is bad? You think Saquon Barkley is bad? Uh, give me another name. Somebody that's been so hit or miss. Mike Evans. No. A Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, prior to last year, had a fifty percent hit rate on points above thirteen and points below thirteen in PPR. If you think of a Tyreek Hill, if you had him years and years ago, you hated your life. You hated your life because you never knew he was going to go off. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. That's a, I mean, this is something as to where the history boils down to Michael Vick being just. You know, so great to watch in football that you fell in love with them in football, and football fans fell in love with them. The analytics crowd were like laughing at all of us because, oh, Kadarius Tony, he's like, Kadarius <laughs> Tony, and Kadarius Tony's a rookie, so I can't. Remember. He yeah, we was no. So... Oh, stop it! I love Kadarius Tony. I still love Kadarius Tony. He's. he's right So now. is Kadarius Tony. He controls my heart right now. So. <laughs> Kadarius
0: Tony looks like he's playing. The Michael Vick experience every time he gets the ball.
2: He does. He is. Oh my God. He he's is. riding the ride. <laughs> oh, he so is, and he's so good at it too. If he could only have the ball in his hand, if he was a quarterback, which he was a quarterback back before he became a wide receiver, which is why it's taken him a little bit to uh, develop into a wide receiver. He is Michael Vick. God, Michael Vick. Michael Vick's Scandar's Henry. Tony is Michael Vick. If Only they had. Is that a? It's not an alma PS that word where it's front to back and back to front?
0: A palindrome. Today's a palindrome, by the way. Your life. What? The date. Oh. Today it is 12.02. Oh. 2021 Whoa. Whoa. Mine's exploded. <laughs>
2: Wait, where does the zero you cannot say oh no, you're right, you're so right what are the,
0: what are the odds that we do this podcast? The word palindrome <laughs> comes up in today's palindrome.
2: This is incredible Kyle Kyle wins the podcast. Kyle wins this entire show. I don't care what anybody says. Kyle wins this show. he does. He just took this thing up.
0: All right, bye. <laughs>
2: Dude, I I can't we can't do the show without him. Dude, I've blown his head up so much in this.
0: <laughs> Chase, we'll get you out of here on this. How should we, as you know, fantasy gamers, remember Michael Vick? Oh
2: shit! You just blew one. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I got it. I got it. And my take is that he has the mobility, the mobility of Ben Roethlisberger and the arm strength of Colt McCoy.
1: Okay.
0: Those are not the humans I thought you were going to (laughs) (laughs) select.
2: Because there's no way you could. I mean, I could say he's the Barry Sanders of running backs, or of quarterbacks. Like that's that's. But everybody said that. Like that's so you know overplayed. And honestly, he's not because Lamar Jackson is. Hmm. He was just in stressful situations. You know what? I gotta take. I gotta take. So to deal with Michael Vick, right? When when it all comes down to the end of the day and, and what Michael Vick had to deal with. He is one of the strongest mentally tough individuals, like physically strongest, mentally tough individuals who had to endure stress in the football field, stress outside of life, and still was able to overcome that, and face individuals face-to-face. I mean, we talked about November, right? Where, you know, Movember is created for multiple different uses, but one of the primary ones in 2021 was mental health for men. And, man, you talk about one of the ultimate champions of that, like, Oh my god. Michael Vick not only dealt with the the stress that he had behind offensive lines and the the competition for a starting role for the Eagles after dealing with the fact that he was sent to jail and in prison and had to deal with you know public scrutiny. He came back from all that. And not only was he enjoyable, but he decided to make his uh retirement, I guess his profession, after he could have retired, he could have probably just been sitting on the couch. I mean, they're already talking about how, you know, the Atlanta Falcons are still going to get his money back from his contracts right now. Like, that's the actual thing. He could be sitting on the couch with his investments because he's not a dumb individual. Like He could be doing that. And yet, he's still in the face of public opinion from week to week, giving his own personal opinion on where players should be ranked, on how players should play. Like, he's not just reporting, he's giving his own personal opinion. And for somebody to get criticized and to fuck up, you know, forgive me for, for saying that, which I know you guys don't care, but I'm gonna say it anyways. It, it's something I swear like, you take a player who's been more scrutiny than Michael Bay, who has had a more successful career following in the public eye. I can't name a single person. So, matter of fact to Michael Pay because he deserves every single second of it.
0: What are the takeaways of Marcus (laughs) Vick?
2: What, Marcus (laughs) Vick? Oh my God. Oh my God. Hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Because I'd rather. Oh my God. I don't do Marcus Vick. He's exactly, you know, he played for the Dolphins, right? He's exactly what you Dolphin, you know, Dolphin would expect to be out of the water. Here at the end. That was the best I had. <laughs>
0: there you have it. That is the story. And these are the fantasy football stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at The FF Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at The Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly.